Yeah, welcome back to another Off the Circle. Today I am downtown Indianapolis with Matt Hunkler of Powder Keg. based entrepreneurs and business people learn from their experience and expertise and have some laughs along the way off the circle the indianapolis business scene as you've never heard it before there we go you nailed it all right we nailed it you nailed it man yeah the second time around you're a pro Uh, and i'm so excited to (laughs) i'm so excited to talk to you uh it's just been a long time since we've caught up doug it has, and I feel like our circles keep, we're all in the same circles, the same companies that we work with, the same um, the same community, the same events, everything else, uh, but our, our paths rarely cross, and it's it's nonsense. We're both traveling nonstop. Yeah. We gotta, gotta hang out in India every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, Matt, tell everybody, um, let's start with your background first, and then we'll talk about how powder keg came into existence. Sure. And then we'll talk about its skyrocketing growth and what you're doing. Oh, I don't know about skyrocketing, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about yeah. how we're growing right now. And uh, I, I really appreciate you asking. Uh, Indiana born and raised, grew up in West Lafayette, uh, did one year at Purdue and did my final three at IU when I came to my senses <laughs> and uh, re- really enjoyed Purdue. So, I sorry, just, sorry, audience. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to get out of my hometown. Um, and then also IU Kelly School of Business, they just have an amazing entrepreneurship program. Yeah. And uh, it really spoke to me. Dr. Karatko or Dr. K down there just has an incredible program. I learned so much. Um, and some of those professors are still friends, mentors, yep. uh, to this day. Yeah. And, and now Kelly school is a partner of powder keg as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I, I came to Indianapolis, um, through a program called the Orr fellowship. Oh, uh, yep. And so this was back in 2009. That's one of the early, early years of Orr. Very, then. very early. I, yeah. I had a class of like 12 people. Now it's like it's o- crazy over 50, I think yeah. close to a hundred. It's, it's nuts. I can't keep up with everyone at this point. Right. Um, and it's my job to know people. So yeah. I, uh, and, and for some background, so I'll, I'll, I'll explain or, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, but basically, uh, they find some absolutely great talent within the university system. Um, and they're provided basically a, a pathway to learn a business. And so the business has to basically say, hey, we're going to educate this person on a number of, you know, uh, it might be um, pieces of the company or different leadership positions or everything else, but really get them high-end mentoring from the top down and then commit that they're going to try to take these people on board. And and what we've seen with it is, uh, I think, uh, Exact Target, we had a couple of or fellows back in the early days. And what we instantly saw was between the education and the exposure that those people just skyrocketed within the organization as well. And so it, it brought new life because it brought people that were not tainted by business you know, for 20 <laughs> years or whatever. Uh, and the other thing was it really brought attention to someone that showed that they were talented. So kudos to you, one, because- I out. Ma- no, stop it. <laughs> Making your fellowship is quite an undertaking. Um, but then for the companies, I really love that these companies actually, actually commit. They commit uh, time, energy, leadership time, mentoring, and 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 a career yeah. opportunity. So that's totally right. Oh yeah, yeah that's I got totally it right. right. Yeah. You, you nailed it, yeah. man. And um, it, the the cool thing about uh, programs like the Or Fellowship is it gives you this network and this community that you you can plug into and nurture. Yeah, uh, and that's something I'm super passionate about. Is like nurturing relationships. It's actually one of our core values. Uh, here at Powder Keg, yep. uh, but building a network, building a community is something that's always just kind of been in my DNA. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing that's always been in my DNA, and I know you're the same way, Doug, is technology. Absolutely. You know, when when I finally got that disc in the mail that gave me 50 free hours of America <laughs> online, uh, and, and I have to pinch myself now that I get to collaborate with Steve Case, who's a co-founder of, right. of AOL. Rise, um, rise of the rest. With the rise yeah. of the rest. Yeah. yeah, we're doing something big with them here in Indiana now. Uh, with this tech census, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, so I, I, 
you know, when I was in middle school, I lucked out and lived next door to someone who ran, uh, I don't actually know exactly what he did at Purdue, but he was involved with computers and he was always building computers and he would just kind of show me some things. And he said, well, I can get you the internet if you'd like the internet and yeah. installed a modem into our computer. Yeah. And that we had a computer because my mom was a teacher. So we had a free computer because she was a, yeah. you know, public school uh, guidance counselor. And uh, like so fortunate in so many ways to get exposed at that right. young age. And I just remember uh, thinking like, I could do so many things with this. And I would come up with different things and make games and make different illustrations. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, the first business I started was um, I was listening to, or my dad was listening to Radio Lab on NPR and heard about this person that was taking vinyl records and digitizing them onto CD and was telling me about it. I was like, I can figure that out. Yeah. And I went to Circuit City at the time, <laughs> if you remember Circuit City. Yeah. And I bought the, you know, USB uh, controller that could take, you know, that oh. this is before USB, yeah. uh, you know, turntables, uh, way before USB yeah. turntables. Yeah. So it was the interface to take, you know, the, the auxiliary cord in. Right. And uh, so I would digitize uh, records onto CDs because at the time people still wanted CDs. This right. is before MP3. Yeah. And uh, I would do that for a small, way too small fee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I did thousands of records. That's thousands incredible. Of records. I listened to some amazing music. Also some really terrible music. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I listened to some, I, for that I would just turn the audio down and I'd go like play my guitar or something. And it was, now was it legal? It, it was. So really did, did, did all the research with some help from my dad. Yeah. Um, as long as you keep a copy of that music with the original Ah, to prove that they made the purchase. Yeah. They, they, own, they own that music. You Once you have it, you can make as many copies of it. As long as you're not giving it away or selling it, yeah. you can make copies for your own personal use. So I was on the opposite side of that. <laughs> I, I, uh, I was actually on the list of people that were blocked from Napster uh -oh. for distributing Metallica. Wow. Yeah. Now, I wish you I had Lars. the paperwork. You know, I wish I still had. You like still have like the season desist. Yeah. <laughs> nice, but it was a badge of honor. You oh know? man, yeah. Oh so, man, those are the days. I still. I, well, I lived through that too. You know, yeah. of like LimeWire and Napster, right? and like, oh my gosh, there's all this different, not just music, but yeah. like, wow, there's these. There are these free video courses. Well, yeah. You know, in my head at the time, this is free. In, yeah. In reality, it was like people's pirated stuff that I was able to download for free. Right. But like, that's how I learned Photoshop and learned yeah. Adobe Creative Suite and all right. of those tools to eventually run an agency that I started in college. Yeah. Just because I was dabbling in these like things I could find for quote unquote free. Yeah. Um, and it was all uh, all at my fingertips. Yeah. I think it's it's still. I, I mean, I say still to this day that there is that, you know, segment of the tech community that is almost needed, right? That, you know, that, that where stuff gets distributed and then people discover it and then people start using it and then we buy licenses, totally. you know, and I mean, uh, you know, I'm maturing. Well, I now pay for creative suite, exactly. just, to, just to clarify. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same here. And I pay, let's see, iTunes and I pay Spotify and I pay, you know, <laughs> yeah. I pay Netflix and CBS and <laughs> Now we need you know, SaaS to yeah. monitor our SaaS. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. So, but I, I do think it was an important kind of phase. And of course we had to figure out, you know, how are people going to get paid and everything. It was and the wild west. Yeah, it was. It, it's so cool to live through that, right? Like it was. my year was the first year um, that, that universities uh, outside of Harvard could have Facebook. Yeah. Right? Class of 2005. Incredible. And, and so 2005, even before I graduated, when I had my Purdue email address, I could get on Facebook. Yeah. Like the first year it was available, right? Like, so we, I was on social media. Now I didn't do a ton of MySpace, but, yeah. um, or Friendster, but yeah. you know, when the things that still are around today. See, you're making me feel old. Cause I was, I was, <laughs> I was on like prodigy bulletin boards. Oh man. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you've got the real street cred. <laughs> You got the real street cred. But, but, if you're but, still on Prodigy bulletin boards, I am impressed. Yeah, but no, I'm not. I'm not. But I joke that the way that uh, Mark Zuckerberg described the future of Facebook yeah. sounds a lot like Prodigy bulletin boards. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> so we're going in reverse. It's all iterations. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the cool thing here in your story, though, was, you know, that you had someone that you were exposed to that was a mentor that, you know, drove this. And 
for me, that was, you know, I got out of the Navy and I went and worked at a newspaper and I just happened to work for the newspaper company. It's Landmark Communications that mm. that invested in Red Hat yeah. back in the early days. Yeah. We were the first to put newspapers online. And so my, you know, I was an electrician in the Navy and all of a sudden now it's, hey, can you figure out how to network this with Nobel? And can you figure out how to build an internet site? Can you figure out to... And had I not had that opportunity, I would never be where I am now. And it, and so it's funny how those doors open and your trajectory just absolutely, you know, switches direction. A hundred percent. And it's, it's a series of those yeah, too. Exactly. You know, like what brought me to Indianapolis and, and, and convinced me to sell my agency that I'd started in college um, was Scott Jones. Oh, love it. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to make hundreds of thousands of dollars running your own agency or do you want to change the world? I mean, yeah. come yeah. on. Like, yeah. of course yeah. I'm a, yeah. you know, young kid and I'm like, I want to change the world, especially, you know, yeah. someone who invented voicemail. Well, and, and he's one of those guys that I had the pleasure of working for him too. And, you know, the, the amazing thing about Scott was I, I was, you know, I, I, I don't want him to, to get any ego on this, but you know, to me, it sounds a lot like when people are talking about working at Apple Yeah, because he was a sprint guy. Yeah. He was a, he absolutely pushed me to cap my capacity. Totally. And 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 had I would never know what my limits were had it not been for working for him. I know? think that's so important yeah. in careers to, yeah. to push your figure out where your limits actually are. Yeah. And I mean, talk about another mentor, you know, my basketball coach in high school, you know, keep pushing me, keep pushing me. Like when you think you're at that limit. You're actually probably only physically 20% of the right. way there. You've gotten a whole other 80% right. that right. you don't even know unless you kick it into that gear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's huge. And, and so he was, uh, he was the person that convinced me to join the fellowship. I actually ended up working with Mark, awesome. Mark Hill at Blue Lock. Another great Another guy. Another great guy. Yeah. I mean, like I just won the freaking yeah. lottery coming yeah. into Indianapolis. Um, so for those that don't know, Mark Hill, co-founder of Baker Hill, his wife, Karen, yep. um, amazing success, software success that sold to Experian, I yep. think. Yep. Experian, is that right? Yep. Um, and so started a cloud computing company before cloud computing was oh my a God, thing. They, he knew more about VMware at the time than VMware right. knew, you know? Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and so uh, the CEO at the time, the founder is John Qualls, literally had lunch with him today at yep. Patachu on Penn and uh, always learned. I mean, he's just- And we are in this. So John Qualls was who mentored me through my bariatric. Really? Surgery. Oh my god! Because he gosh. had bariatric surgery. Yeah. So this is how small this world is. That's it's absolutely a, that, incredible. Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool. I mean, like the one of the things I talk about a lot is is density and how important that is in communities. Yeah. And and Indianapolis has more of that geographic density now that we've like developed this urban core in the downtown and things are kind of. I mean, you're off yeah. the circle, right? Right. So uh, that that density is so important, and it was actually Tony Shea founder of Zappos, um, who I was fortunate enough to, to meet at a conference in Omaha. We, we kind of hit, hit off a little friendship there. And um, he always talked about how important density was because, you know, he invested millions of dollars in the downtown Las Vegas. Right. I think hundreds of millions of dollars in the downtown Las Vegas to redevelop and, and revitalize. Um, and, and it was a book, Triumph of the City, that he gave to me. Um, that, that really kind of outlines how important that density is yeah. geographically in a city. We're really focused at Powder Keg now of creating digital density yeah. because uh, I, I see the huge potential to take um, what we will never have in terms of geographic density um, and, and actually do that digitally. Yeah. So you look at Silicon Valley and the amazing amount of tech and density of not just venture capital dollars, but I mean, serious venture yeah, capital yeah, dollars, right. um, but serious talent that has been in tech for decades. Yeah. Customers willing to buy from startups and, and innovative tech companies will we'll never catch up with Silicon Valley. Well, and just a, a, a basically a, a, a total culture of fail to succeed. A hundred percent. Yeah. And we're getting there. Yeah, right? we are. We're transitioning. Right. Um, and, and I think what can help is is connecting digitally. Yeah. So, and that's what we've been doing at, at Powder Keg. Yeah. Um, so how did, how did, so that's. Obviously, that was the, you know, kind of the ins inspiration, you know, but but what you guys have, and again, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but what you've done that's so important is you've basically created a platform and a methodology to this 
that nobody else has. And so how did that come to fruition? You know, how did you? Uh, <laughs> Sheer dumb luck. <laughs> That is as, not true. As, as, <laughs> as, as, as is most things. I mean, it's a series of events, right? Yeah. It's a series of coincidences um, and like m- little mini miracles that like you see them and you're like, oh, that's really cool. And, and you can either in those moments choose to to chase that right. little spark right. and, and turn it into a flame and nurture it and grow it into a blaze and, and then follow it. Or you can ignore it and keep your head down on your phone and, you know, keep right. going. So. I was fortunate enough to kind of have my eyes open uh, when I moved to Indianapolis. I, like my whole mantra was sort of like yes to everything. So, hey, Matt, you want to come to this uh, happy hour with me? Absolutely. You yeah. Know, let's do it. Yeah. And I happened to be in sales at the time too. So it, it helped that, you know, yeah. my day job correlated with that. Right. But I, I got to a point in those first two years here in Indy during my fellowship where I was having two lunches, you know, Two happy hours before a, di- a dinner, yeah, and you know to the point where I, I was loving it, right? Yeah. Because every meeting I made it my mission to see if I could connect that person with one other person that could help them on their journey, yeah. or or one other resource that you know maybe I'd read a book or listened to a podcast. I, I did listen to podcasts back then yeah. in the first wave of podcasting, right? Which I know you were a part yeah. of too, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and that was how I grew kind of my initial professional network, which I had already started a little bit with my agency. I'd started in Bloomington, yeah. but this, you know, took it to the next level, actually being in this city. There's a, there's a real story there too, for people, I think that, especially with Indianapolis too, and that's that you were able to meet these people and yes. you were able to, so, you know, no doubt you worked 150% and put all the effort into that. But I, I always tell people now that there's people, you know, I'll meet someone, you know, at a, you know, I was at a, where was I? I was at a blend cigar bar. You yeah. Know? And, uh, and some guy walked up to me and he was like, Hey, uh, excuse me, you know, uh, you're Doug Carr, you know? And, and I'm like, why, why are you even saying it that way? Like I'm Doug, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and who are you? What do you do? And, yeah. and so my thing is, is I think sometimes people listen to us or they see that we're, we're doing a podcast or we're doing a video or you're doing your events or whatever. And they think, well, I'm not going to bother that guy's important. I'm not going to bother him. And, what you showed through your tenacity is what I always tell everybody is, no, these people are absolutely open and readily available to, they might be busy, but they'll figure out a time to have lunch with you or, or to help you out. And I, and I think a lot of companies actually fail because they think they have to do it all by themselves. Whereas look at the connections that you've made, you know, and you have a successful company that's not a coincidence. That, that that's not a coincidence. It's it's you know because of that network that you built. Now you have all these mentors and all these people that kind of help you through this growth and help you through this. And I really wish people. And I'm just I'm on a rant here, but but <laughs> I really do wish that people would you know whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, reach out. Yeah. Have coffee. Ask someone for coffee. Ask someone for help. Pass your idea by. They might be negative about it or positive or whatever. But take that with a grain of salt, you know, and go back and kind of rethink things and, and let it help you. And in Indianapolis, the density, I love that term, yeah. is awesome for that. It is super awesome. Yeah. And, and just the culture of this city yes. is incredible for that. People are willing to help. Yeah. yeah. And, and yet you have to, but you have to also follow that. When you see that spark, yeah. you have to grab it. Yeah. Because... On that side is if someone asked me out to coffee five times and I'm not seeing them grab the spark, the sixth time isn't coming. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, I I think I learned that really early on. I, you know, I had a, when I was a kid, I had a paper out, you know, before my business, I had a paper out for six years. Yeah. You know, so the the moment I could, I could be employed, which, you know, paper out was like the the Uh, thing you could have at 12, um, you know, I got a paper out and you, you see people in their most vulnerable moments at five, six in the morning, you know, like they're like running into stuff on their porch, trying to get their paper in their underwear. And you're like, oh, you know, Mr. Smith is just a person like everyone else. Yeah, He, yeah. he may look mean or, you know, fancy because he drives a, a Lexus. Right. Um, no one drove a Lexus in my neighborhood. Who am yeah. I kidding? Uh, but, you know, yeah, everyone puts their pants on. Right. One leg at a time. Right. And, and 
I, I think I, I was fortunate to learn that lesson early on. Well, you did. And, and I think we first connected when was it, it was, it wasn't powder keg at the time. It was pre powder keg. Yeah. Um, but the er, earliest generation and it was at the, it was at a church, yeah, right? Yeah, it was, it was an old, old abandoned church yeah. that uh, was converted into kind of like a community space. And it was actually Chris Baggett, uh, co-founder of Exact awesome. Target, yeah. who was on the board of the Earth House. It was a, it was That's it had right, been turned into a, a collective. Yeah. Now, um, it's a, now it's apartments, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. really sad. Yeah. Or it's great because it yeah. create, creates more density in downtown yeah. Indy. <laughs> um, but I wish we could do a throwback event but, there. Yeah, because people should know that the buzz was amazing i mean yeah. you filled that church yeah and uh, well and before that it was on uh in, at binkley's oh wow in the back room of binkley's yeah. that's like the early like the size of this podcasting yeah. studio right yeah. like in the back you know and it was people in the or fellowship program it was guys like christian anderson who at the time was pitching tinderbox which right. became octave right it was guys like angel morales who was pitching what eventually became smarter hq right and it was just like people trying to build things with technology, wanting to share those ideas and ask yeah. for feedback. And it that's was, how it all started. And it was great because you had investors that just participated. They weren't leading. They were in the audience yep. listening. Yeah. Developers. Yeah. Uh, college students looking for work. Uh, marketing professionals. Like the... The great thing about that event, yeah, I love that you named, you know, ultimately named your company Powder Keg because that's what it was, yeah. was you would walk out of there and, and I would have five new connections with five new ideas and I'd come out of there just, you know, like I went to a conference in San Diego or something. I'd come out of Powder Keg and I'd just be like, man, this is this is incredible. And yeah, same I, here. Yeah. I mean, talk about finding sparks, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's the whole idea. Yeah. Right? I, I heard a really off color, you know, thing once that I, it was, I think it was like a Harvard business review. And it said that ideas are a lot like sex that you need more than one person to really make it work well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they were saying how yeah. you got to bounce it's, ideas. It's typically someone has half the equation Another person has the other half. And, at best. And, at best. Yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah. And when they're brought together, that's when the idea really starts to spin up. A hundred percent. And um, for people now, you know, let's talk about powder keg because you really have your multi-city. Yeah. We're in uh, over a dozen cities around the country. A dozen cities. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and you really have created this into a one. It's uh, powerfully branded and it's a good disciplined platform, I'd say, to make it work. Yeah. So you've you you proved the model here, and now it's twelve x. You know, tell people about you know what Powder Keg is. Well, first of all, all credit goes to my team. Like, really, this started with just me. Yes, yeah. You know, it was me, and and I always say this was the first business I ever started that was not meant to be a business when I started it. Yeah. I was doing it out of pure passion. I, I get so much out of bringing people together yeah. and creating a sense of community. And uh, I've turned my hobby into my career now. That's which, fantastic. Which is something I recommend everyone do. I, yeah. th I think you do an amazing do. job yeah. of that, Doug. Yeah. Like, you you're clearly it. enjoy doing this. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and I, I love surrounding myself with people like that. and. People showing up to an after hours event because they're passionate about building something, maybe with technology, software, right. um, is really exciting. But but where we've gotten to from today, there was a big shift when I started finding those people that could help bring an idea to reality. And so uh, my co-founder, Kevin Bailey, uh, who's one of the co-founders yep. of Relevance.com, um, who I had the, the uh, real privilege of working for back yeah. in 2011, um, you know, we stayed in touch, brought him on, on, uh, on board and really co-founded powder keg with him two years ago. So sort of what started as, as a grassroots movement, we turned it into a, a platform yep. and, and I really look at that as the genesis of powder keg. Yeah. Um, in some ways it was a rebranding of a community and, and in a lot of other ways, it was a founding of a whole new concept and energy. Right. And so co-founding that with him and, and now with, the, uh, on the team, you know, Meg and Casey, and I introduced yeah. you to the team here before the, the show. Um, we just saw this opportunity uh, that when you look at, uh, again, the, the, the big opportunity of what's happening between the coasts, there is there are so many amazing companies in the middle of the country. But when you look at how the resources are being distributed around the country, 75% of venture capital goes to just three states. Hmm. 
New York, Massachusetts, and California. Wow. Bay Area, Boston, right. New York City. Right. Uh, leaving the other 47 states to fight over the remaining quarter of the funds. And the, and the other states where the money could last longer because of lower oh, cost of absolutely. living. Absolutely. It's like 250% more expensive to yeah. run a, a tech startup in California than here in Indianapolis. So your burn rate and failure rate is going to be you know, really high. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's not like California is a bad place. No, there's, no. There is just a huge advantage and there yeah. are amazing companies here in Indiana. Right. Some, and, sometimes a company takes time, Yeah, you know, to, and so I, you know, you see a lot of companies that just burn out and fizzle out, but they have great products and they yeah. have great people. And so I always look at, you know, maybe take a company, maybe even started in Boston, but if you want it to last and you want to get that kind of upswing and everything, Bring it out to the Midwest or, or, you know, or somewhere else where you can harness the talent externally, you know, and, and bring people in and then last until you can make that growth. You're, you're speaking my language. Doug. Yeah. I mean, like you're, you're spot on. I mean, yeah. there is a different way. We call it Unvalley. You know, it, it is the Unvalley yeah. way and it is such a cool movement seeing these companies like Exact Target. You know, you worked, yeah. you worked with Exact Target for a yeah. long, long time, yeah. made a huge impact there and they sold for $2.5 billion. Right. I was at a tech conference um, in the Bay Area. I won't name what tech conference it was, but, you know, I was in the, the media lounge just getting some work done between sessions and uh, someone was across from me, you know, classic startup hoodie, uh, you know, typing away and uh, I... I did my normal Midwest thing and said, Hey, what, what, what are you working on? Yeah. We, we, we hit it. We hit it off. And, uh, when he found out when he finally got around to asking what I was doing, I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate at the time, just Indianapolis, really passionate about helping tech companies in Indianapolis kind of grow and scale. And he was like, there are tech companies in Indianapolis. And I was like, you yeah, we wear our shoes year round now too. You know, <laughs> got the got the running water. A but couple you years know, Exact ago. Target sold for two point five right. billion dollars. We had yeah. a Primo years before that that right. sold for half a billion yeah. dollars. Now, uh, Interactive Intelligence selling the Genesis. You've got, uh, of course, the Angie's List success yep. with Home Advisor. Yeah, there are so many great companies here, right. and and people just don't know about it. Right. And I look at that as a marketing problem in a lot of ways. And so, a big piece of what we're doing today is helping make sure. People not just in Indiana know that these, there are these amazing com amazing companies, but people around the world nice. in these other communities so that one, we can attract visibility to become customers, but two, if they need venture capital dollars, which I'm a big believer that not every business is meant for venture capital, right. um, but some businesses really need it yeah. in order to maximize their potential. Uh, but then three, like talent. We have amazing homegrown talent here in Indiana at, you know, Kelly School of Business and at Purdue and Rose-Hulman, yep. Ball State, Notre Dame. But that's not where we're going to get all of our talent. We need people who have been in tech for decades yeah. to come and be the senior leaders or be the mid-level managers. Right. And we, we need, of course, programs like Kinsey Academy to help fill some of that funnel and upskill people. Yep. Um, but we, we, we aren't going to do it alone on an island here. I and agree. that's why I'm so passionate about creating these connections and actually building the network. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, it's what I was doing a decade ago at the back room at Binkley's, but on a more national global scale. Yeah, that's incredible. So t 12 cities, can you name them? Uh, more, more than 12 cities. I, I don't know if I can name them all, but um, we did do the, we did uh, launch an initiative last year called the Tech Census in kind of our eight fastest growing cities okay started here in indianapolis all of our best things we start here in indianapolis sure yeah uh to, to reap the most rewards um but then we did since careful careful we have listeners in other cities <laughs> we love them too they're coming your way don't worry um cincinnati uh awesome. ohio denver boulder um and then we did one in nashville but that was actually a statewide report so we the the census sought to get feedback from everyone working in the tech industry or working in an industry where they're utilizing tech. Yeah. And so we did Nashville, Knoxville, Memphis, Chattanooga. Um, and we've done other things and we have community, huge community presence in places like Kansas City and Raleigh-Durham, but that's where we did this tech census. And we got a snapshot of the culture of those cities. And of course you look at Indianapolis and 20% of the companies or 20% of the people um, we're at either marketing SaaS or sales SaaS companies. Right. Um, so 
clearly our, our biggest uh, category. But you also have things like HR tech and ed tech that are kind of vying for that number one spot yep. of, of like biggest industry. And then you also see kind of just the, the cost of living versus the wages and, and what kind of um, lifestyle that yeah. can earn you here. I, I had a great conversation online with uh, um, the founder of Social Media Marketing World, and he shared his water bill online. Oh, wow. And then I shared mine. Oh, my gosh. And That's was, great. And mine was one-tenth oh my of gosh. his bill for the same amount of water. Yeah. You know, and he was like, my God, you know, and I, and, and no doubt, I mean, uh, you know, from a cost of living standpoint, the wages are, are up there, but they're not 10 X. Yeah. You know, and that's why I was I, like, I don't think it's a hard sell. Like you were just talking about, it's not a hard sell for somebody who has built a good resume, uh, built that history in Boston, New York, or, you know, California to say, Hey, what if we moved our kids to a really affordable you know, place with a good network of schools and a good, uh, you know, good university system, lower crime, um, and a cost of living that we could actually go on vacation, you know, every few months if we wanted to, or eat out when we want to. And that's, that's what I always look at is, you know, uh, I, you know, New York is another one, you know, you're going to pay $3,000 a month for uh, a closet, you know, and, (laughs) $3,000 a month here will honestly probably get you almost a penthouse. More than you need. Sweet <laughs> looking over like the memorial, you know. 100%. And I, I think I looked at one once and it was like $3,200 a month. And I was like, my, you know, that's yeah. in San Diego. That's a, that's you're, you're, you're in the hood. Well, and, and it, <laughs> totally. Well, and, it, and it's no, um, it, it's no wonder, you know, job satisfaction in the tech industry here in Indianapolis is greater than 90%. Yeah. You know, the way people feel about their careers here is, is truly that it's not just a job, right. it's, it's a career. Yeah. And, and our mission at powder keg is really to help connect people with their calling. Um, and, and at the same time, find a job that they love yep. in tech where they can be fulfilled. Right. And at the same time, maximize their ability to contribute in the way they want to contribute and realize their full potential. Which is, uh, you know, that's from a trend standpoint, that's what we're seeing, you know, from a, a, a you know, a full workforce kind of participation yep. nowadays is, you know, the, the great thing is old guys like me that, you know, we enjoy what we do and we love what I do and we, and, and I happened into it. I didn't have that mentality back when I was 20 years old or 25 years old. I just went and got a job that, you know, hopefully paid, Yeah, you know, and it's great to see the workforces now that, you know, even my, my daughter and son, that's what they ask themselves. Mm. You know, am I contributing? That's wonderful. Am I, am I, am I? And so I think it's, it's powerful from that standpoint too, that, you know, the only way that you're going to find those opportunities is through events like this, yeah. through the networking, through that, so that, you know, and you might fail four times, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you should, yeah. you probably should fail four times, but eventually you'll come across the company that you all of a sudden go, wow, this is just an amazing place to work. That's really making a difference. hundred percent. And that's when you're, you know, you're set, like you don't care about, you know, getting a new Tesla, you know, maybe you do, but, yeah. but uh, you know, and, and I'm a big believer of like, what if you didn't have to spend the. 10 years trying four different companies yeah. and you can find the right one now now yeah and so you yeah. can start living your your real purpose and legend right. that you want to leave here on the earth uh with your work it's great and with your calling so uh that the interesting thing is the data backs up exactly what you said about your son and your daughter yeah. which is that the number one reason people leave a tech company is the number one reason is the same reason as people join a tech company and that's the company culture. Yeah. And people like Tony Shea have been talking about this for a long time. Right. And I was mentioned on this very, very early. That's a lot of what I talked about with John Qualls at, at Blue Lock, with Kevin Bailey at Slingshot and then Relevance, and with Scott Jones uh, when we were, you know, Cha Cha Social Reactor. Yeah. And so it's, it's been kind of a common thread throughout my entire career. And now seeing that like everyone's kind of thinking this way. Like, where can I find a culture where I really fit 
Like I feel like I belong. Yeah. And and what I have to offer is actually being maximized and put to use. Yeah, where you can reach your potential, where you're empowered. Yes. Like I I think the story, you know, and I don't know Tony Shea, but you know, the reading the story of Zappos, what was incredible was the autonomy that he provided his, you know, that if you if you called a customer service person, they were allowed to make it right. They didn't have to get approval. They didn't have to advance it through a supervisor. They were just allowed to make it right. Well, and they didn't, they they weren't held, like most call centers are held to a KPI that is right. how quickly do you get the customer off the phone? <laughs> Which is nuts. Right? Yeah. Isn't that bananas? Yeah. yeah. And they just like got rid of that. Yeah. They had like the longest customer call was more than 24 hours. <laughs> they had someone that stayed on the phone that just needed to talk. <laughs> For over 24 hours. <laughs> I hope they got them off the ledge. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Or at least got the yeah. flip-flops they wanted. Yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, it, but it really is, it, you know, that's why they created, you know, again, you know, now we advance into the future of, you know, marketing, right? And uh, Mark Schaefer is a friend of mine. He wrote uh, Marketing Rebellion, which I would tell everybody mm. to buy. But, you know, part of the thing of that is that's how you make advocates out of your clients, Zappos didn't have to advertise and make commercials and everything else. It was, everybody was like, you got to check out Zappos. Oh my God. I, I had a pair of shoes that didn't fit. They sent me back two pairs, you know, yeah. or, you know, and it's, that's why Bezos said, let's acquire this company. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so the, you know, again, what you're creating here is, is really the, you know, I'm not even a, the incubator, I guess, for that, you know, that look, you can, find these companies and then build these companies. And then, you know, people can obviously find, you know, find the job of job. I don't like job, but career of their dreams. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and so we're doing the tech census again this year. Okay. All with that focus. So it's the tech census statewide this time, not nice. just Indianapolis. Nice. But we've got uh, partnerships. You're going to, you're going to get those Northwest. Absolutely. Indiana absolutely. guys that always yell about Indiana. I was on an email Indiana. thread with all the heads of Notre Dame and <laughs> yeah. South Bend Chamber of Commerce. And yeah, just, just. I go, I go up there and speak every once oh, in a awesome. while. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And they're always giving me a hard time, like, oh, you indie people, you know, we, it's our state too. Totally. You know, and Evansville does the same thing. Totally. You know? and, and there's I'm, so many, like, so many amazing things sparking in those absolutely. communities. Yeah. And if we can connect those together, like, imagine yes. what we can accomplish with all of those yeah, Fort, companies. Fort and Wayne people. is another one that's just a incredible. I was born community. in Fort Wayne, so oh, I, were you? I nice. made my way around the state. Yeah. 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 First three years there. So, I, you know, I, I didn't make a lot of friendships yeah. that I, I have to this day. <laughs> But um, but it is really cool to see. We, we so we launched it last week. Okay, we've had already over 500 people take the tech census. Oh, that's fantastic! 150 companies represented. Um, I think we're going to get as many as a thousand companies to take the tech census. Can companies contact you if they want to be involved with that? Absolutely, it's totally free. We're, so we're creating a culture profile. Okay, we want our goal is to have a culture profile for every tech company in the state. Okay. And that that's not just the SaaS companies. Right. It's anything that is tech-enabled, tech-powered, um, tech services. Which is quickly becoming every company. It, right? You, you hit the nail yeah. on the head, Doug. Yeah. Every company is becoming a tech company. Right. You know, I was on a call with a, a top five bank last week, and they said, we don't really consider ourselves a, a bank. We consider ourselves a tech company. You know, Incredible. Same same thing on a call this week with one of the largest insurance companies in, in the world. We don't really consider ourselves an insurance company. We consider ourselves a tech company. Yeah. And that's just the way things are going. It, it It's not a tech company. You're just a company. Right. And you're using the tools that are the most powerful of our era, yeah. which is the technology. Yeah. yeah. And so this culture profile is really meant to kind of bring all of that data, the best and most interesting data, so that the right people can find your company and make it easier so that you don't have to go through four terrible employer experiences until you find that one that actually fits. That's awesome. And so on the other side of this, we have an intake form for professionals. Even if you're at a job and you don't hate your job, you might just see what's out there. Yeah. And you literally on powderkeg.com, you can go fill out a form. It's free. And we start matching you with opportunities and you don't have to take the interview if you don't want, or yeah. it can even be a coffee meeting, right? Just to see what's out there because there are amazing companies that are disrupting industries from right here in Indiana. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize, you know it because you got your finger on the pulse. I do, yeah. Well, I, you know, the companies that I work with, you know, I, I work for these young startups a lot. I yeah. Don't, I don't know why I'm not a young man anymore. I can't do these. You're young at heart, Doug. <laughs> but, it, but it always is this fast paced, you know, kind of hectic 
And I, and I, I look at, um, you know, I'll, I'll name one and you might not even know, but clear software, they're a robotic oh, process automation company, you know, and I love and, what John's built there. Yeah. And we, and we were on the phone with a analyst in the RPA industry yesterday and he was like, holy smokes, you know, because now, now they're becoming an RPA resource for RPA companies mm. to integrate with because they've got such an advanced product. And I sit there and I just go right here in Indianapolis. You know, right here, you know, something special is happening that that people aren't aware yet, but we're going to make, you know, we're going to make a big splash out of it. And so I, I love it, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and those stories need to be told. Yes. They absolutely need to be told. And so we, we do a lot of that on our platform too, through our podcast. Yeah. Um, Tell and, people where your podcast is so that they yeah, can Yeah. So, so Powder Keg Igniting Startups is the name of, of the podcast. If you just Google Powder Keg, all one word, yep. uh, you'll you'll find it. But it's powderkeg.com slash iTunes. You'll find it on iTunes. Perfect. And uh, we've had, I think, over eight. 80 episodes now. Nice. And it, it's it's people, you know, people you would recognize from here in Indianapolis, but like the biggest names in tech as well. Great. So co-founder of MapQuest. Uh, oh. we've, we've had uh, Karen Nortman, who's like one of the best known VCs um, out, out in uh, LA. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've traveled far and wide getting some of these interviews. And uh, so we, we love sharing those stories and at the same time, connecting them all together because there, there's a story to be woven there. Yeah. So what's a, what's a day in the life of Matt? <laughs> ben? So my day is different. Most days. Um, I love getting as much FaceTime with people as possible because, and even if that's, you know, through zoom or uh, some sort of digital, digital right. medium, I'm, I'm a huge believer in getting face to face uh, even if that's a digital face, yeah. Um, I'm just in my Midwest jeans, I think. Yeah. But I, th I think people are craving that right now in a world where social media is is so divisive and can be such a cesspool <laughs> at times. <laughs> was Pat Pat East Bloomington. Yeah. Uh, Pat Pat wrote me today. We were just joking on Twitter, and he goes, "Are you being sarcastic?" And I actually wasn't. <laughs> I was being totally complimentary. I told I called him a genius because I think he, he is, is a genius. Yeah. And, uh, and he, One of my professors at IU, by the way. Oh, is that right? Yeah. He taught me SEO and PPC. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And so, and he's doing amazing stuff down there with the mill. Absolutely. Um, a launch, but but to your point, you know, sometimes translation is lost, yeah. you know, in a tweet or a, a Facebook comment. And, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, you do. Cause, cause everybody says, That's never happened every, to me. Everybody <laughs> says to me, Doug, you're so much nicer in person. And I'm like, am I really that much of a dick online? I didn't realize it. I guess I am. I was I'm, only looking at you when I said it because we're having I, a conversation. <laughs> I'm toning it down too. A lot of my friends have said, you know, you're really a lot nicer online. And I'm like, I, I think I'm the same person. I'm just, you know, but to your point, you have to be careful online where I think in, people in are craving person, community yeah. more than, than media yes. at this time. Yeah. People want to yeah. connect. Right. And that, that's what I try to make my, and, and my with, day out of. And with companies, right. Yeah. They don't want brands. Yeah. They don't want to get shoved ads. They want, they want to hear how companies are changing and evolving and how, you know, uh, uh, again, I was talking to someone about, you know, that companies used to, you know, donate a portion of their proceeds to X, Y, and Z, yeah. right? Well, nowadays, Checking it's not the box. Even, Yeah, exactly. And nowadays, people are going, no, how is this built into your process? How is, how is being environmentally sound built into your process? How is diversity built into your process? How is... We into wanna, your values. Yeah, we want to hear how it's, how it's embedded in your company, not how you donate a portion or you, or you do this on the side to try to market it and, and make it look like you're a different company. And I, I love that. I, people see through that. I'm, I'm a, we, I'm, like, I'm a firm believer in capitalism, but I'm a firm believer in corporate responsibility too. Yeah. And that's that if you're doing well, uh, set, set the example for everybody to follow. hundred percent. So I love the pressure that's getting put on businesses nowadays. Me too. And, and I, I hope, most businesses don't see that as like, oh, I feel the pressure, so I have to do it. Right. And and take it more from the standpoint of- Well, maybe of, they do if they're jerks that yeah. are burning through employees, and, and maybe right? Maybe it's like they have to do the actions <laughs> until it like fully integrates. Yeah. But like it eventually needs to come from an authentic place because- yeah. Millennials, my generation, and, can see it. and below, I mean, you could see that from a mile away. You right. could, we can smell inauthenticity 
from a mile away. Yeah. And that's that, I mean, frankly, like that's one of been, been one of my biggest sort of revelations. I, I almost kind of like dropped off of social media for the last couple of years, Yeah, sort of like minimum viable. Like I'm still dabbling, checking in every couple of days sort of thing. And it's because I feel like in a lot of ways, like I got so busy that I started like being inauthentic. Yeah. And that's, is that is exhausting. Well, that's, I, uh, it's great that you say that. Cause that's, I tell my kids that, you know, that, if, if you were just to look at social media every day, I share, I share far too much on social media, but part of the reason why I do is I like sharing my failures because I want people to know that, that that's part of my life, you know, cash flow roller coasters and client roller coasters and, you know, and everything else. And, and the, the, one of the problems with social media set, especially if you're a young person, if you looked at your class, you know, coming out of college on social media, you would think everybody was a millionaire. Everybody was <laughs> right. on vacation. Everybody was eating, you know, lobster for dinner, you know, because that's, they that's put, the lens. They, that is the perfect word. That's the lens that people use. What that does is it makes you feel bad about yourself. You start to go, why isn't my life perfect? All you see is perfection online. Why aren't I living that? And so I, I think it's, and, and on the other side is, of course, has it impacted my business being truly transparent and honest online? Yeah, it's negatively impacted my business. I know that there's people that don't do business with me because they're worried, you know, what that roller coaster looks like or that I downsized or this or that. And uh, but I look at it that I have a responsibility yeah. that I don't want to sit here and talk, you know, my to my kids and tell them man, this just start your own business. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, you're, you'll skyrocket, you'll get VC money, you'll get this, you'll get that. No, I want them to see that, man, this is a, this is a battle and it's tough, but it's, it's a battle worth fighting and know? worth sharing, uh, worth sharing. And yeah. I, I love that. I, I love that, you know, and, and that's the important part is talk to Scott Jones about failure, totally. right? You know, talk to Tony Shea. I'm sure he has his. For sure. Yeah. You know, and, and so, and these people are open and honest about, you know, how they got to where they were. How many, you know, what is it? I, f I forget what the numbers are for the average person that actually succeeds is like. I think it's like late thirties to early sixties or something. Yeah. That means they failed for 20 years. Oh yeah. The, <laughs> you the, know? the prototypical like yeah. tech superstar whiz kid. Thing. Yeah. Like the data doesn't actually support that. That is like, even though that's the zeitgeist. Yeah. Like that the data actually shows that the most successful entrepreneurs are in their late thirties, early forties yeah. and beyond. Yeah. And I mean, experience helps with things. Right. Right. And that's why it's uh, and, so and that's important not to for say old that, guys like that's me not to, to say talk if you're to young 20 people. or 12, even that you can't be a successful entrepreneur. Exactly. It's just to say like, that is not the only it's to me. It's to say, don't fear it. Yeah. You know, don't fear failure. hundred percent. Go for it. Try it, fail, learn from it you know, do it over, do it over, do it over until you, until you start to, you know, feel that. That's the way I'm trying to reapproach social media as I'm getting a little bit more engaged yeah. and come back. And I just want to just be sharing again, yeah. uh, some of those failures and lessons, more so the lessons learned. Podcasting is beautiful for that, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And then, and then sharing what, what, what I learned from other people. Yeah. You know, I, I, I get really exhausted by, you know, I hear people talking about me, 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 me. I, and I'm like, I do not want to be that person. Yeah. First of all, I'm not that amazing that I could, could talk about <laughs> me, 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 me. He's lying. But, but I talk, I talk to amazing people yeah. like you, yeah. right? Like, oh, don't, it, no, don't do that. Well, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk you into doing a video here after, after we turn off the recorder because you, you have an amazing story to share. Yeah. And I've learned so much just by watching you modeling you over the years from like how you approach social media, how you do share, how you do create content, yeah. you know, and, and. You have to be a, a student first. I, I appreciate that because I, I I do think it's a people need to learn the both both sides. Yes, you know, not the lens. You know, totally. they need the reality. So it is a good lesson for people. And and then obviously 
the place to show up is powder keg. Yeah. Right. Let's go back to that. Yeah. Um, where do people find out? And we'll have all of this. We'll have the podcast in the show notes. And uh, if there's a link for companies to contact you for this tech census. Too. Yeah. So it's just powderkeg.com slash register. Okay. So, so we'll you, put that you, in the show notes as well. We only have the month of April to, okay. to get it done. So you, you want to, you want to sign up today because yep. you're going to need a little bit of time for your team to take the tech census. And it's all anonymous for your team, meaning like the, the team is not going to be called out for, uh, oh, this person only gave a 9.5 yep. and this person right, you know, right, gave, right. gave an eight. Um, and the other piece too is everyone has full control over their profile. Um, not from the standpoint of like you can't add anything, but the, the goal here is for everyone to sh- showcase and highlight what makes that culture great awesome. for them. And then, uh, and then you're going to provide a full report of those results. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be able to provide cumulative data for all of the state of Indiana. We'll be able to look at South Bend versus Indianapolis. We'll be able to talk about the MarTech industry versus HR tech industry versus IOT. Yeah. And, uh, the, the really cool thing is all of those profiles, people will be able to connect with those companies. So we're creating a network where people can truly, um, take what we do from a community standpoint at our events and have done for a decade at our events uh, and take that more through the digital format, uh, oh, which we've been awesome. testing with. That's fantastic. Yeah. And then every company um, will have their profile as part of that. For people to check their cities uh, on your, on powder keg events, where should they go online? I'm pretty sure it's powderkeg.com slash events. But if you just we'll go to, it, yeah. if you go to powderkeg.com, it's in the menu, yeah. click events and you can find your city and, uh, look us up and kudos to you for that because i I have to say and i don't want to hurt anybody's feelings out there but when i get interns and i get young people and they say you know where should i go i i always say and i only say powder keg i don't again i'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings out there but what i really see is it's the place where you're going to see the highest level executives investors all the way to developers, all the way to interns and and mix and mingle and get a presentation that inspires, get a fireside chat, you know, that that talks about everything. And so I, I would really encourage people that this is, uh, if you're in a city where powder keg is, definitely show up and and uh, and participate because it's, it's, it's I, I think that's the, I, I, I'm going to hurt people's feelings, but it's just a, <laughs> It attracts the best talent uh, uh, there. So thank you for doing that because it's so important. I I really appreciate you saying that. We have such an amazing community and and it's them that that make each experience magical. And and yes, Sheehan does a great job making sure the event, you know, has great speakers and things like that. Um, But it's the community that make that magical and it's our loyal following that that people you know when you when you're able to make it to an event you're always one of those yeah. people saying hey i'm doug yeah. what, what are you working on yeah like exactly. hey i see you got the developer sticker on what yeah what languages do you code in yeah sometimes i don't go to powder cake because i know i'm going to get 12 follow-up meetings <laughs> <laughs> and i don't Which have time o- it's okay to just say i don't have time <laughs> yeah. you know and and i've learned i have I've, a hard time i've learned that, to do Matt. that i've learned to do that right like a lot of these events i end up being on stage at some point yeah and so you do get the 50 business cards right you know uh, and not because they were forced on you because that's a faux pas in our community. Sure. But because I'm like, hey, I would love to connect you with the right person on my team. Yeah. And and that's just how that works. Fantastic. And so thank you for being a, an early member of the community yeah. and and a, a great ambassador as well, because that's how this continues well, and, to grow. And with my business, you know, my business is really, you know, kind of more finite now and, and less clients and, and a higher focus. Uh, I'll have a lot more time than to participate too. So I'm looking forward to making the next one. Awesome, man. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. If you're an Indianapolis-based professional and would like your story to be heard on Off the Circle, contact us at offthecircle.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a glowing review. 